Viewpoint on Mormonism, the program that examines the teachings of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints from a biblical perspective. Viewpoint on Mormonism is sponsored by Mormonism Research Ministry. Since 1979, Mormonism Research Ministry has been dedicated to equipping the body of Christ with answers regarding the Christian faith in a manner that expresses gentleness and respect. And now, your host for today's Viewpoint on Mormonism. So glad you could be with us for this edition of Viewpoint on Mormonism. I'm your host, Bill McKeever, founder and director of Mormonism Research Ministry. And with me today is Eric Johnson, my colleague at MRM. Yesterday, we began looking at a conference message that was given by one of the 12 apostles in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. His name is Ronald A. Rasban. The name of his talk was The Things of My Soul, and the subheading is What Things Do You Ponder, What Things Really Matter to You, and What Are the Things of Your Soul. That's taken right from the fourth paragraph of his conference message. And as I mentioned yesterday, those are fair questions, and certainly they're not unique questions to Ronald Rasband. They're not unique questions for any leader within the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, I would say. They're not unique in the context that these are probably questions that all of us as Christians have asked ourselves or have been asked by our pastors speaking from church pulpits. And I think they are fair questions. What things do you ponder? What do you think about? What things really matter to you? And what are the things of your soul? Now, he's going to list things that were important to him. He starts off talking about a conversation he had with a female LDS member. I remember visiting virtually with one young woman in her home. I asked if it was the first time an apostle had been in her home. She quickly smiled and responded, yes. Her question for me was good. What are the most important things I should know? Before we go on, Eric, when I saw the question that Rasban asked of this lady, I asked if it was the first time an apostle had been in her home. Well, first of all, he's not really in her home except virtually on a computer screen. But how does that question strike you? Uh, arrogant. And I, the idea that it's even capitalized, I don't think normally when you have apostle by itself, it would not be something you would ever capitalize. The idea that he would ask her that just seems kind of, I'm going to be honest, pompous. Yeah, and even if he did ask her that, which I'm sure he probably did, to put that in print for everybody to look at, and run the risk of being criticized, which I personally, I kind of had a problem with that. You're right. I, it does sound a little bit pompous. I don't know if that would be something that the Apostle Peter would say, would, would you? No. I mean, when Peter was kind of paid homage by an individual, Peter rebuked the person. I'm just a man. And I think sometimes these leaders in the church, they want to be looked upon as bigger than life, which really, when you think about it, even the prophet of the church, the only reason he's there is because everybody else died before him. He just outlived all his colleagues. That's really why you find these guys holding the position of prophet in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. It's not a biblical means, that's for sure, but that's really what happened. They just happened to outlive all of their colleagues. So she asked the question, what are the most important things I should know? I've asked that question of LDS missionaries that I've talked to. Okay, let's say I have 30 days left. I've got cancer and I'm going to die. 
what is it that I should know? What message do you have for me that I cannot die without hearing? And then I want to hear what they have to say. Most of the times, it's all about the first vision. It's about the Book of Mormon. Rarely does it ever have to do with making sure my sins are forgiven. Because, you see, that would be first and foremost to me. What is the one thing that I better know? I better know if my sins are forgiven. You know what's interesting? That's not in his list. He He doesn't list forgiveness of sins in there. Bill? How often have you had somebody tell you faith, baptism, and repentance are the most important things? Well, how, how do you respond when somebody says that? Well, in all those areas, I would say I have those. I have those. I don't need to be a Latter-day Saint to have faith. I don't need to be a Latter-day Saint to be baptized. I am baptized. Now, they would probably argue, well, it's not by someone who has authority. And, and what about repentance? Yes, I do certainly believe in repentance, though I do not define repentance the same way as a Latter-day Saint would define it. But certainly repentance is a big part of my life. So why would I need the LDS Church for that? Much of that, when you're talking to a Latter-day Saint, you're going to have to understand that there are differences in the, in the uh, meanings of those terms. And for the Latter-day Saint, faith, baptism, and repentance means something much different than what it means in Christianity. And that's why I think understanding that so you can have a fruitful conversation to help them understand what some of those differences are. And I think that's a great segue into the list that Rasband's going to give, because the very first point he raises is a point that we need to have defined if we're going to understand what our LDS acquaintance is saying. This is how Rasband starts off. He says, may I share with you some of the things of my soul. These things apply to all who seek to be true disciples of Jesus Christ. Ten would be a good round number. Today I am going to give you seven with the hope that you will complete eight, nine, and ten from your own expectations. What was point number one? First, love God the Father and Jesus Christ our Savior. Do you not do that, Eric? I certainly do. I do that. I'm sure every New Testament Christian, if you were to ask them, is it first and foremost in your life that you should love God the Father and Jesus Christ your Savior? Yes, of course, that's very important to us. Having an, a proper understanding of who God the Father is and who Jesus is is also very important to us as New Testament Christians. So the question I would ask in this case is, well, which God the Father are you as a Latter-day Saint talking about? Which Jesus are you talking about? Now, the reason why I think that that's a fair question to ask is because LDS leaders have made it very clear that there is a distinction between what they believe regarding God the Father and what we believe regarding God the Father. Their Jesus, they've admitted, is different. We have not said that just to say it. We say it because they have admitted this. And if they have admitted this, Shouldn't that cause us concern regarding our LDS neighbors, regarding our LDS family members, or those that we work with that are members of the LDS church? Of course we should be concerned. Certainly, you need to have a love for God the Father, Jesus Christ your Savior, but then again, you have have to ask the question, which Father, which God are you talking about? Which Jesus are you talking about? And if you really believe in Jesus, what did he save you from, and how do you know he really saved you from that? 
And there again is where we get into some real cloudy issues with a lot of members of the LDS Church. Bill, he goes on and quotes Jesus, and uh, Jesus said in, in Matthew twenty two thirty seven, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. And as you mentioned, we as Christian believers do hold to that. We, we believe that's the most important commandment. But, but let, me, let me inject here. We often come very short of that. I mean, think about the, the wording here that Jesus gives us. Love the Lord thy God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind. That's a very convicting verse. Because when you put that word all in there, and I look at my own life, do I do that all the time? Do you do that all the time? Does anybody do that all the time? Well, anything less than that, folks, is sin. That's why I'm always depending on that grace that is offered to me through this salvation that Jesus gives me, because I know that I don't always live up to that standard. Can any Latter-day Saint say that they do that constantly? I would venture to say, if they were honest with you, they would have to say no. He goes on, and he's going to, again, for the second time, quote from Russell M. Nelson. This is what he said. President Nelson declared his devotion to God, our eternal Father, and to his Son, Jesus Christ, when he was called to lead the Lord's Church, saying, quote, I know them, love them, and pledge to serve them, and you, with every remaining breath of my life. Razban took that out of Russell M. Nelson's talk as we go forward together from the Ensign Magazine, April of 2018. Is what Nelson said there really all that profound? Is it really all that unique? I would argue that it's really not. Other leaders have said something very similar to that. And I notice that a lot of the things in this list that Rasband gives us are not really all that unique. Certainly, there are a few points that we'll talk about that are unique to members of the LDS Church. But for the most part, a lot of it is really not all that profound. Notice what Rasband says about Nelson. He says that how Nelson declared his devotion to God our eternal Father. We just got done saying, which God, which Jesus? What do you do with that, Bill, our eternal Father? Every time I hear a Latter-day Saint talk about their God being the eternal Father, I can't help but ask myself, who are they talking about? Because the God of Mormonism cannot possibly be the eternal Father. I'm not saying that he doesn't have some kind of eternality within the context of Mormonism, because he does. But then all of us have this eternality if we are here on this earth. We are all eternal creatures according to the context of Mormonism. It's called intelligences. We are all part of that great block somewhere in the distant past. Way in the distant past, and we've been going through this, what they call eternal progression. But I'm telling you, folks, whenever a Latter-day Saint talks about God the Eternal Father, he's not God the Eternal Father, according to the context of Mormonism. He became a God at a particular point of time, and he could only become the Father after becoming a God. Well, if that had a beginning point, it certainly is not eternal. So it's a phrase that I think is very confusing, but yet a lot of Latter-day Saints use it, and... They don't really think about the words that they're using. Bill, I'm going to be honest. Uh, you're, you're saying that these seven points are nothing different than what other leaders have said. But I'm not sure why this quote gets put in here. 
because he's talking about loving God, the Father, and Jesus Christ, our Savior. What does that have to do with Russell M. Nelson saying, I know them, I love them, and pledge to serve them and you with every remaining breath of my life? I mean, so so we're giving kudos because Nelson loves God, I guess, and he loves other people. He loves the people that he's serving. I'm not seeing how that really is a great support for the point he's trying to make. Well, point number two, his second point, love thy neighbor. Wouldn't every Bible-believing Christian say the same thing? Aren't we supposed to love our neighbors? Yes, I think we are. The question is, is what's your definition of love? Does that mean enablement? Or does that mean a biblical concept of love, which means wanting God's best for an individual in this life and the next? I would hope that a Latter-day Saint has a definition like that in mind, but he merely just says, love thy neighbor. And then he cites President Nelson again. Not a surprise when he says, when we love God with all our hearts, he turns our hearts to the well-being of others. Again, is that profound? Is that unique? Not really. It's things that I've heard from the pulpit in my church. It's something that I've read from other Christian authors and such. So again, it's a good point, but it's not really all that profound. But it should be, I think, in your list of at least the top seven that Ronald Rasband is giving us. And tomorrow we're going to continue looking at this talk given by Ronald Rasband, The Things of My Soul. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information regarding Mormonism Research Ministry, we encourage you to visit our website at www.mrm.org, where you can request our free newsletter, Mormonism Researched. We hope you will join us again as we look at another Viewpoint on Mormonism.